Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, hello, listener, and welcome to another episode here at Voice of the Church. My name is Pastor Daniel Ventura, and today we continue our series in Galatians on the topic of gospel freedom. Today we'll be considering how the gospel is meant to promote unity between God's people of various ethnicities and backgrounds. We see this here in Galatians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Paul writes, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, Live like a Gentile and not like a Jew? How can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Well, if you're following the news today, you'll notice that the topic of race or racism in North America is a hot topic issue in our day. If you turn on the news or scroll through your social media feed, you might read conversations around topics like systemic racism or Black Lives Matter. Unfortunately, when it comes to discussions around these topics, we can so easily find our views shaped more by the culture or by our political allegiances and not by the clear teaching of God's Word. And Galatians here has something to say to these kinds of issues. The barriers that we read here in chapter 2 of Galatians are not merely racial, but they're also religious and social in nature. Uh, Today we want to consider Paul's response to Peter when he's sinfully separated from fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and learn what it means to walk in light of the freedom of the gospel. Here we see first in verse 11 this sinful separation that took place. Here the great apostle Peter denied the gospel, not by his teaching, but by his conduct. How did he deny the gospel in that way? Well, the issue before him had to do with the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. And the specific issue here had to do with eating. In Paul's day, to share a meal together was to express fellowship. And when it came to food, the Gentiles did not abide by any specific food laws like the Jews did. And Peter had no issue with this. Although he was a Jew, he freely ate with the Gentiles, expressing fellowship and unity with them as God's people. God had revealed a vision to Peter in Acts chapter 10 and said to him three times that what God has made clean, don't call common. So Peter had no problem chowing down on shellfish and lobster and ham sandwiches with his Gentile brothers and sisters for a time. But something happened that changed Peter's behavior. Notice influential men came from Jerusalem to check in on these Gentile churches. Perhaps you know what it's like, dear listener, to have inspectors show up at your work, and it can make things tense for a season. Well, these church inspectors were saying to the people 
Acts 15, verse 1, unless you are circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And this pressure got to Peter. When the circumcision party came on the scene, he feared them, drew back, and separated himself from the Gentiles. And in so doing, he denied the gospel by his conduct. But why did he give in? He didn't want to be considered ceremonially unclean in their sight by eating unclean food or by being associated with unclean people. In his actions, we read, led others astray, including other Christian Jews and even Barnabas in verse 13. By their conduct, you see, they were putting back up the barriers that Jesus came to destroy by his cross. You know, so often when we think of Peter's denial of Jesus, we think of the Gospels and how he denied association with Jesus three times when he was asked if he was one of his disciples. Well, here again, we see that fear leads Peter, this great man of God, to deny association with God's people and with Jesus. Dear listener, we learn from this first that great men of God could fall into sin. And you see this all throughout the Bible. Think of King David's adultery with Bathsheba. You can think about Abraham's lie about Sarai, his wife, which led her to be captured by Pharaoh. Well, Peter was also a great man of God. He was the first preacher at Pentecost who was personally restored by Jesus who preached the gospel. But we learn here about his fall and the need for us as well to remain humble before God. Second, we remember that churches could fall into sin. We see here many sinfully separate from each other out of fear and out of ungodly influence. You know, sadly, racism is part of the ugly history of many conservative Christian denominations in North America. Many men and women who were pillars in conservative denominations lived inconsistent lives on this issue. But Paul shows us here that holy confrontation is necessary at times when it comes to the issue of the gospel. And that's what we see here. We read, Paul opposed the great apostle Peter to his face because his conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. We learn here that ethnic discrimination is not in step with the gospel because Jesus came to do away with these ethnic divisions by the gospel. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, we read these beautiful words, For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace. See, the cross of Jesus Christ not only has a vertical beam, which points to our reconciliation with God, but it has a horizontal beam, which points to our reconciliation with one another. When we believe in Jesus, we gain peace with God, and we also gain oneness with one another. And this oneness is rooted in something so much deeper than our skin color or our ethnic heritage. We are united in the blood of Jesus and baptized into the same Savior who died for sinners. Because of the gospel message, Paul would later say in Galatians 3 verse 26, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In the church, the waters of baptism are stronger than our blood ties to one another. 
And in Christ, God is creating for himself by the power of the gospel, one people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. This rebuke of Paul to Peter was necessary for helping Peter regain a right view of his brothers and sisters in Christ and of the practical implications of the gospel for our unity together. And so, dear listener, how do you view your brothers and sisters in the church who don't look like you or share the same ethnic heritage as you? As we step out into a world filled with so many tensions on these racial issues, may we share the peace of God offered in Jesus Christ, which not only unites us to God, but also to one another. In the words of the Apostle Paul from Philippians 2, May we be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace, not exalting ourselves, but in humility, counting others more worthy than ourselves. Well, we hope you'll join us next time for our next meditation in the book of Galatians as we think about the topic of gospel freedom. Until then, dear listener, as far as it depends on you, may you live at peace with all men, and may God bless you.